and welcome to the North County Beat. I am your host, Kelly Kyle. Today's episode is a fun one. You're going to hear from a group of amazing Muslim women in San Diego who started this one-of-a-kind podcast that is on its way to making some pretty significant waves in the young Muslim American community. That interview is coming up in a bit, but first a quick word from a sponsor of the North County Beat, Casa de Bandini at The Forum in Carlsbad. They're currently open for takeout, so you can get all the fresh, authentic flavors that you love at home, plus delicious margaritas to go. The Coast News and Casa de Bandini are teaming up to give away $50 gift cards for some great food and drink. For details, follow at Coast News on Instagram. Okay, so now let's get started. The interview you're going to hear today was inspired by the reporting from Hafsa Fatima, a contributor for the Coast News. She learned about this podcast called Caught in the Middle, hosted by these really cool young Muslim women who you'll hear from shortly. But first, I wanted to bring in Hafsa to give some background on her reporting here. Hey, Hafsa, how's it going? Great. Thank you for having me. Oh, of course. Thank you for being here. So our editor, Jordan, told me about this piece that you are working on, and I absolutely love the concept, and I was so excited to learn more. So tell me how you discovered this podcast and the amazing group of women that are hosting it. So one of the hosts, uh, Sarah Cousy, and I met through a mutual friend, and we hit it off, and we followed each other on Instagram, where I noticed she was promoting a podcast. Um, I hadn't seen anything like it for the Muslim youth, and it really stood out to me. Yeah, and the fact that it is a podcast was really fun to me as someone in the audio space. Uh, I know you also have a lot of experience with audio production and podcasting, and it really is this accessible medium for a lot of people that's caught on tremendously in the past years. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons they chose this medium, um, because podcasts have over 100 million listeners a month. Production can be as simple as you make it. Um, The girl started off with just a simple mic in a room at the Islamic Center of San Diego, and they kind of just learned their way from there. Another standout piece of Caught in the Middle is the fact that it's run by Muslim youth. Mm -hmm. So you've got host Sara Kuzi. Dua Abolaba, Roa Alkwaja, and Sara Suleiman. I mean, Roa is the youngest, and she's in high school. Yeah. Like, I like to think that I was that articulate in high school, <laughs> but I definitely couldn't say for sure. Um, so it is just really impressive that you see young people taking this kind of thing on. Yeah, and I think the fact that these women are young adults is a big part of the podcast mission. The idea is to get more Muslim youth engaging with their religion and to ultimately create a safe space to have open dialogue about different challenges, taboos, whatever issues they may face or questions they might want to learn about Islam. And they also have two more seasoned members of the Muslim community on their team, right? So these are people that help guide them. Yes. So um, Arwa Al-Khawaja and Rola Abu Shabun are active members of the San Diego Muslim community who work with the hosts to inspire and brainstorm content and to spread the word, of course. So you've got your hosts and their mentors working together to create and share this podcast with the world. And while you were going about this reporting, was there something in particular that stood out to you about what these women were doing? Um, Absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of times Muslim voices are defined by others. But lately, we've seen Muslim youth and the Muslim community stand up and take that narrative back. So there are just so many facets to being Muslim in America today. And to hear such ambitious young women define who they are was just really, really great to see. 
Yeah, that was definitely, I think, a takeaway that I got from our conversation as well. And listeners, you're going to hear all of that in a moment here. And thank you, Hafsa, for sharing your takeaways as well. This was amazing to have you on the show with us. Thank you. I love being here. Listeners, make sure you check out Hafsa's piece on thecoastnews.com for that entire story. Now I'm going to play you some of my conversation with the hosts of Caught in the Middle and their mentors. Let's take it away. Hi, my name is Dua Abulibbe. Hello, I'm Dua Al-Khawaja. Hi, I'm Sara Kuzi. Hi, I'm Arwa Al-Khawaja. Hi, I am Rula Abu Shaban. You asked how it all started, and um, I would like to go back to Arwa. Um, she actually um, gathered a bunch of active women in the community at our mosque, and we wanted to do each you know, group of the women, like we kind of separated into little groups, and each group wanted to focus on one thing. And um, I always like to focus on the youth. So I actually um, asked, we should, you know, how can we have a podcast for the youth? And I was like, oh my God, we need to have the girls. It's for the girls. Um, and we, she kind of knew uh, who to pick and choose from the community's uh, youth girls. And we got uh, one of the top best girls we have here. So that's how it all started because I feel like a lot of uh, the youth are not coming to the masjid, to the mosque as much. So we wanted to reach the ones that actually don't come to the mosque. So um, I, I, I was addicted to podcasts. I listen to podcasts all the time. I hardly ever listen to music. So I was like, you know, I think this is the generation for the podcast. And um at the time, everybody's like, what is a podcast? But I was like, this is this is the new thing. So, you know, thank God that everything actually worked out really well. And we started. It was hard to start because we didn't know what to do. Like, literally, we had to search what do we need, the basic things to actually start. And, you know, um, and that's, that's how we started. That's the hardest part is getting started. But, it, yeah. I mean, now you've got this amazing group here. So how, how did this group come to be? In that group that Rula spoke about, in that, in that meeting in that, with the committee, Sarah actually was there. And then just like she was attending the meeting. It was like, okay, looking at the youth, she, she herself is an active in the community. She's very active. Mm-hmm. So that how it started with Sarah Kuzi. It's like that she was appointed dictatorship. That's it. She's in it. <laughs> and then... Um, so funny. And not, <laughs> right, Sarah? <laughs> she was there. And then just like, yeah, she was like her voice. And honestly, I was like, the character, her interest, and then her experience with that very young age, though, successful work, like, yeah, she could continue doing that work. And then for Dua, Dua, her and I were attending a wedding of a, like um, the, someone in the community. And then I was like, Dua, I honestly taught her when she was in middle school. I was like a teacher at that time. So it's like, I also known Dua for all these years. It's like, Dua, we are doing this podcast. It's supposed to be for the youth. And it's like from the youth again to the youth that our logo. And just like, what do you think? Would you be interested in joining? And then Dua's antennas went on and she's like, uh, like cried. She was so excited. I was like, oh my God. Like I, I was really myself so happy to see her that excited and she's willing to commit. So that's Dua's part. Uh, and my daughter, so she's like, I know she's my daughter, but she's also had joined youth groups uh, with that very young age. Now she's 16, but like she had joined youth groups. And then she's been doing a lot of like things like with the youth with that very young age. It's just like she had spoken to so many of the youth about their 
problems at that very early age. And it's like, okay, so people come to you, friends talk to you, and then you have this, uh, to my opinion, this mature kind of uh, personality, then you could share with the people in public. It's not only between you and friends and us and so on. But we have a fourth member. So her name is Sara Suleiman. She was herself active, I would say, on Instagram. It all started uh, when she started wearing the head covering, the hijab, and then she struggled herself like uh, to reach to that decision a lot. And then she shared his story on uh, Instagram and had a great impact on a lot of youth. A lot of followers that they come to her and seeking her, like her advice or her help because like she explained her story really well, like attracted a lot of kind of uh, interest of the youth. And that she was a great support to them, to encourage them uh, to take the, the needed step for, for their own betterment. Would you say that the, um, like the Muslim community, specifically with young people, is pretty tight-knit in the area? Is it kind of like everybody sort of knows each other? Or is it a little, dis- is it more disconnected than that? I think we have a big com- uh, community, but... Honestly, I would tell you about this group, like some would be more known due to their ac- activism. So it's like, you have like known more uh, compared to the, the rest of the community. So I think this is when they said, I've heard of, because like Sarah does like youth groups, that does that, Sarah, yeah, the other Sarah does this, and so on. Also, we're all from different age groups, which adds to the variety and like the expansive um, discussions of and perspectives of our podcast. And I think that's kind of how we knew of each other, but we didn't necessarily know each other. So we wanted to make sure that um, through our podcast, we reached different um, age groups and different parts of the community because it is so large. Yeah, I was just going to mention in terms of like the Muslim community in San Diego, I think for me, like as a young Muslim, like a lot of my community was from... um, college like uh palmar college we had an msa and then at uc san diego there was an msa which is muslim student association um so like through those clubs that were also um affiliated with the mosques too i think that's how we that's how i met a lot of my muslim friends or the people that i know Rola, you said that you kind of started this to appeal to young folks and get them to come to mosque and be more active so this sounds really cool because not only are you appealing to multiple age groups, but you're appealing to multiple locations and geographic areas, it sounds like, because we're all so spread out as it is. And so you really can get people to interact. Maybe it's not coming to one specific mosque, but it's going to their community. It's getting engaged in their own pocket and then unifying it as well. We wanted to benefit as many as we can, as many youth as we can, and across the United States. I have three nieces in Chicago that actually love the podcast. Um, I have other friends, daughters. So I wanted, actually, I was thinking of everybody that we can benefit, not just the communities here. Can you um, speak more to me about, I guess, like the elevator pitch for Caught in the Middle? Like if you're describing it, I read your blurb, but I just want you you ladies to tell me, what what is the elevator pitch? What are we getting? It's, I okay, here it goes. Uh, Caught in the Middle podcast is, is like we often say, by the youth, for the youth. And it's an engaging platform in which we discuss taboo and controversial 
um, topics in a conversational style so that we can f allow people who are usually marginalized in our community to feel like their voices are heard and not only that but also relate to us and I think having that relation and the connection to people who are like us um, in the Muslim community who are often are not represented in forms of media um, is very powerful and I definitely would have liked to see something like this and so we all definitely would have liked to see something like this growing up and so we decided to be the change that we want to see in the world and hopefully we are reaching the audience that we are trying to impact. I think this idea of sharing your experiences and, and just seeing what other people relate to is really important because I think we don't give ourselves enough credit like I feel like I've experienced this myself in my own areas of life like you feel like you're in a vacuum sometimes and you're like is this thing that I'm experiencing normal is this is this what other people feel like in this way and and you really don't know because there's some things that nobody has just ever talked about so how are you to know if others feel the same way that you do so do you kind of see this filling that that void and just letting people know hey we're here we're like you and and this is a thing and we can talk about it it's okay um, yeah, I think that's also like the main purpose of the podcast and the reason that we do talk about things that are often shied away from in our community is because just because they're not talked about does not mean that they're any less common. It's just that they're suppressed, like suppressed emotions or suppressed feelings to make people feel like it's not a normal feeling to have. But in reality, we're all growing up in unprecedented times in difficult situations. And some of us are wearing hijab, making us visibly Muslim and visibly diverse, which in and of itself is its own struggle. And other times it's hard to express your Islam without having that visible piece of diversity. So it's it's a lot of nuances in it and we're trying to tackle all of them by just saying what's on our mind without having a filter. I have to also share um, how actually I was thinking of my kids growing up uh, because you know going to school, not all the times, my kids went to public schools and some kids actually uh, went to Islamic school. So I wanted to connect the Muslim community as they're growing to get, you know, even though they don't go to the same school, but they can still be connected. So I, that's, that's the thing about podcasts that you can actually hear somebody else's problem. We have like uh, mentioned, we have different uh, ages in the group and that's actually essential. That's what makes us really, you know, uh, different than the other podcasts where we cover all our bases. You know, we have the working, we have the therapist, we have the in college still, we have in high school. And, you know, it's, it's really, uh, thank God, it's, it's a beautiful group. So we, we target um, people who go through, think, you know, uh, problems that they sometimes, you know, most, most Muslims, um, not all their parents grew up here. So the problems that they go through, even if they go and discuss it with their parents, their parents will go, well, I don't know, maybe, you know, I don't know how to do this or just stop or, you know, I wanted to give them, you know, uh, a solution or some, some when, you know, uh, what do they call it? Um, like a way out uh, to, to be heard and to, to find solutions without leaving and being uh, a rebel. <laughs> let's say. What are some of the uh, challenges or even the taboos, as you had mentioned, that get discussed on this podcast? So my favorite episode, actually, we just uh, uh, launched it, I think this last week, is about the hijab and about the struggle about how we are always 
um, and, and I'm going to leave the girls to uh, talk more about this, but um, the struggle of, you know, Muslim girls growing with the hijab on going through middle school, high school, this is the hardest time for them, even college. Um, so I'll have, I'll have the girls discuss more, but that, that is one of the top, that's my favorite episode so far. Okay, so about the hijab, you explained it beautifully, Khalto. Um, also, for anybody listening, in Arabic, we call like our elders Khalto or Ammo, which is kind of like, it's like aunt or auntie. It's just a sign of respect. Like, I, it's very weird if I just called her Rula, but I do call her Dr. Rula sometimes. So if you hear, and Sara, Sara says Tant, which also means the same thing. So if you hear us calling each other Tant or Khalto, it's just a sign of respect kind of thing. So we're trying to get more and more into like, like trying to go into more deeper conversations. Like our first episodes were more about like just trying to like dip our toes into the water, you know, and try to feel, make a feel for like what the audience kind of wants to listen to. Listen to. So the last one that we put out was about hijab. And if you don't know what hijab is, it's the, it's the veil that Muslims wear, Muslim women wear uh, as a sign of modesty. And of course in America, especially after 9-11, there's a whole lot of problems that, came about that because people think that uh, if you have a hijab on you're a terrorist or you are part of a cult or just a, a plethora of like misconceptions that people think are true about us which are not and obviously when you're in school there's a lot of bullying um, people like when I'm in the streets like sometimes people don't think I even speak English even though I literally have lived here my whole life I've never even left the United States before and people literally think that I don't know how to speak English. They just assume because of your hijab that, oh, she's not from here. Exactly. She's yeah. not from here. So um, I know especially with uh, Ru'a's story, she had a lot to say about going through school. I personally never had a lot of problems, also because I'm the type of person that really does not care what anybody thinks. Like, even if somebody comes up and tells me something, I'm just like, okay, and like, your opinion is very irrelevant <laughs> to me right now. I really yeah. don't care. Um, but some of the other topics that I think are really important are... Um, Mostly just talking about what we go through as a Muslim community. Like some, some of the things might not apply to people who are outside of the Muslim community, such as like um, we want to talk about like dating and just like those kind of taboo topics like sex or like the LGBTQ plus community that people don't really talk about or are kind of scared to talk about. But as Muslims, we are proud to be a Muslim and we, we have to show our, like, our religion is, like, kind of, like, yes or no, you know? And there's, like, a, there's a straight line between everything. And sometimes we kind of get scared because of society to talk about certain things because we don't want to get looked at a certain way. But Islam is the way it is, and we have to be proud of that and accept it and be proud to be Muslim. And that's kind of what we want to show off in the podcast. You said religion you have the word, whether it's Quran, whether in Christianity it's a Bible, and you have these things. And and while it is how it is, right, I, I don't know yeah. necessarily if this applies to Islam, but there can be different interpretations of these things. Is that, would you agree with that? Like with the Quran or even in Christianity, the Bible, like people interpret it differently. So I'm wondering yeah. in your podcast – when you have these discussions about sexuality and just the hijab and, and all of it, 
does do those interpretations come into play or is this just kind of like an open dialogue essentially where you can explore these things that maybe growing up if you were in a very formal capacity somebody would have said no we we don't talk about that we're not going there and you guys say we're going here we're gonna do this I would say it's mostly an open discussion because I'm not qualified to speak on the to give like um Islamic uh what are they called rulings right like uh like Islamic, yeah, yeah exactly. I'm not, I'm not qualified to do that at all. We're just mostly talking from our experiences and just really trying to open up that dialogue for everybody to talk about, you know, and to normalize those kind of conversations within the community and to help give a voice to the people that might not have some place to talk about it or people who think that it's not normal to have those kind of problems or feel like they're alone in those situations. Like you're saying, I mean, I'm comparing it. So I, I was raised Christian, but I've studied Islam slightly, not, I mean, to any extensive degree, but I've studied it yeah. slightly. And and I know in Christianity, it's one of those things where a big discussion is is LGBTQ rights and, and things like that. And some interpretations of Christianity say, okay, that's wrong. And that was not the kind that I came from when I was growing up. But it's like that that can be hard for folks to navigate. Okay, how am I how can I be gay and be Christian? Like, is that possible? Or how can I, you know, have sex before marriage and be Christian? And and is that something that you might discuss? Like things like that. How can I be this identity and embrace my Muslim identity as well? So I would say the Bible is a lot different from the Quran because the Quran hasn't been changed in fourteen hundred plus years. The Bible, right. like if you pick up a Quran from here and a Quran from like anywhere else, it's always going to be the same book and the same text. So when certain topics come about, there's a certain way to, to deal with them. Like uh, we, everything that is haram, we know to be haram, no matter what era you're living in or what generation you're from. So like having sex before marriage, that is considered forbidden. But the thing is our God or not our God, Allah is the most forgiving. And so you, for us to even say that you're not a Muslim because of these sins that you've you've done, you can't you can't tell that to somebody. Do you get what I'm saying? So yeah, I'm gonna let yeah. I'm gonna let um, Khatu Arwa explain because she she will explain a lot better than me. Okay. No, Dua, you're doing honestly a great job. It's like so I just like I was excited like oh I want to add. Yeah. <laughs> so it just like as we add, as you said like it's uh, this is a platform for the youth to talk about like we say there are problems and then one of the things for example like let's take dating is like what is like this is why is this an important thing because in the society usually this is something expected like in high school and so on so okay what should like the muslim youth do and then we also we have to understand there's like um the the pros and cons and why do we encourage this why do we not encourage this and so on so it's for them to understand like the background where we're coming from and it's not supposed like as dua said like it's something to uh judge anyone or like kind of put anyone like oh you're good you're bad you're like it's not like that it's just like to talk about our faith. Where did this idea come from? What is the benefit for that for the youth? Uh, and if someone is like was faced in a situation as like kind of in a way kind of imposed on you and it's like, okay, then um, uh, how like inside of you, how because now you're going to be viewed as the different, the others, like how come you're not like you know you're not open up to this uh, to the to these kinds of relationships like is there something sometimes wrong with me assume like a young girl was approached by this young man and she's like no i cannot date and i was like oh is there something wrong with me and like it's like no 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 it's like this is like you explain it this is my faith i have the full respect in this like to as a you see as a human so it's not like we take it personal against people it's just like this is the way i practice my faith with the full respect to everyone and even sometimes we say if a, man, a young man approaches a girl it doesn't mean like 
like he's like oh he's breaking kind of I would say um, the rules or like kind of violating her privacy just like because to the others to the non-Muslims that's normal to them so it's like okay then well, how do we behave and in case that's also part of the discussion a young girl or a young man who have like sometimes which is expect like uh, have like they like a certain person they have a crush about a certain person and then yet Islam we say it was like okay we don't date at this age so what do you do it's like does that make you a bad person or not so it's like definitely not so it's like this is the best way to react to it and then even uh, how to deal with your feelings in a positive way so it does not put you down it does not make you appear front of you know, for yourself as a bad person because we're built from emotions honestly so that's when we were saying like we talk about like topics like that because teenagers sometimes and i understand and here's my daughter is sometimes it's hard to go and talk to your mom is like okay I like this guy or like okay this happened to me it's like what do I do so it just like that's when we say okay let's talk in general not necessarily something specific okay here's the rulings of Islam why this is not encouraged why this is like should be like controlled uh, and if you are in this situation here are like their tips from their experience what should you do is like from what worked with us what might work with you and, and so on to sum it all up, what we're doing is we're not creating any rulings or we're not saying that if you do this, then you're not Muslim. Yeah. Because first of all, um, we're not, as Muslims, we're not allowed to make that judgment because we don't know what's going on behind the scenes and everybody has a different story. But we're talking about what's yes and what's no in Islam, what's prohibited and what's allowed. And a lot of the times when people talk about things like that, they don't give proper explanation and they don't give room for questions. When in fact, um, it's been repeated multiple times in the Quran that in Islam is for those who think. And it came for those people who like to question everything. And we the, the Quran and um, the, the prophet has given us answers for almost everything. We just wanted to make sure that the youth, the things that they're feeling are validated. And just because they mm -hmm. feel something and they're, they, they might have done something wrong does not mean that they're not no longer Muslim. As long as they want to continue with the straight, with the continue bettering their faith, that's all that really should matter. And we're just trying to help them get there. No, I made that really important distinction with the Quran and Islam. A lot of that, that is not changing. That has been the same and is the same. And I think that's obviously a big difference with Christianity where somebody can interpret it in a lot of different ways. But it, it sounds like what you're doing by having this dialogue about this thing that has been this way for so long, you're helping people understand why they believe what they believe and how they can exist and grow within the religion rather than saying oh I'm feeling this way I can't be Muslim this can't be me like maybe this isn't for me it's like no it can be for you if, if this is how you think and believe and we can talk about what what is getting you here like what's kind of what you're not sure of or something and, and that's kind of I think that's really reassuring because a lot of people are just told this is your religion now. I think as kids, we're raised a certain way to believe a certain thing, but but we never have space for questioning, and I, and that can raise some conflict sometimes. And this is the space where we can question, but we can ultimately, it sounds like the people that you're kidding, you can grow within your, those questions. That is such an important point, and that would be also one of the topics that this podcast is about. Is like, uh, why are you Muslim? It's just like, is it you're Muslim because you're just became in this Muslim family? Or you're just like you're accepting Islam yourself. It's like, um, so it's like again, here's my daughter. It's like, oh, I cannot force Islam on you. It's like, I cannot force this hijab on you. And then it's like, uh, we'll talk. Let's see, why are you Muslim? Why did you choose to stay? Okay, you're brought up in a Muslim family. Why did you choose to stay as Muslim? 
So that's when we say open up as also what Ru'a was saying and Dua. Yes, truly Islam, the foundations of course have not changed. It's the same book since it was revealed to Prophet Muhammad, but it's throughout the centuries, I would say a lot of discussions, a lot of new things were brought up to this Islam within the frameworks. It's like, okay, then how can we live and accept or reject and so on? with the thinkers of the Muslims. And then like we say, thinkers of Muslims starts with youth and like questioning, why is this? Why is not? So you see, so it's just like, and then at the end of the day, okay, then this is what I accept to be. as like, that's my path that what I wanna take. So it's not like something rigid, it's like kind of, uh, I would say solid foundation, but at the same time, flexible. And it's like for you to able like to navigate and understand and study and question. It's like, why am I not doing that? Why should I, like for the hijab, why, why am I supposed to wear it? Like you see, like uh, ask. There's no, we say, uh, there's no forbidding question. Another part of what we do is like create um, like this sense of community. Like I, I think this platform just gives an outlet of like different voices of mus- young Muslim women. And, you know, through talking about things, I think it validates our struggle. And I, I think it communicates this message that like, okay, I'm a young Muslim in America. These are the struggles that are sometimes unique to me. And you listener aren't alone in this. You're not alone in going through these struggles. You're not alone in thinking about these things or questioning these things. Um, so kind of just like normalizing the struggle of the young Muslim in this new context, because a lot of us are also children of immigrants. And that's like a big part of our identity and just like, figuring out our place in the world in a country where we're sometimes, you know, marginalized or, you know, seen as being not belonging. So figuring out our place in the world and in, in this context. And I think that's a, you know, big part of what we're trying to do also. And you talked about uh, community building there. And are you on, I mean, I assume you have social media or maybe it's your individual channels, but are you using that as a tool to rally people uh, behind the podcast and just bring the conversation from the podcast and online as well? We have an Instagram. And honestly, I think especially starting something kind of new like this, it's it's something definitely new and a different way of like navigating through that whole scene. So it's kind of hard to get people to kind of want to just like, talk about it because we're still like most of our most of the people that listen to the podcast are still in San Diego and like know each other like sometimes you'll feel embarrassed like if if there was a post that had like a million comments and you commented like it's like one in a million that someone is going to notice you or know who you are so I just think that people are still trying to get used to like the whole oh yeah let's talk about it like it's okay to talk about your experiences but we're hoping that from us talking about our experiences even though we're not we're not perfect and we all make mistakes and everything that it'll give them uh, the, the power to want to do that too. So, and that's how anything grows too. It's, it's you just start it and it's almost like that if you build it, they will come. If, if you're doing this and you're filling this need that you've all wanted to fill and wanted to see filled within your own lives, people will love it and come to it eventually in their own way or their own form. Maybe it's a DM on Instagram or maybe it's word of mouth a parent coming to you and saying, hey, talk about this. I don't know how to approach it. I mean, I just, I see this going very, very far. 
just from talking with you all now because it sounds like what you're doing hasn't really been done in this way. As long as we benefited at least one person, we get a lot of people that listen to it. Like when we check our stats and everything, we have a lot of downloads and a lot of listeners that listen to the episodes. And honestly, our because as Muslims, it's not nothing is just for this world. Like everything we plan on doing for the hereafter. So as long as we benefited one person, then that's all that matters for us. I do have one question for the mother-daughter team. I mean, how is that dynamic? Because you're saying a lot of the things sometimes these are conversations that you might have to navigate with a parent, but your listener might not know how to do that. And then you have a mother-daughter dynamic here. I mean, how is that? So I'm fortunate enough to have a mom who doesn't gaslight my experiences and she listens. She's very good at listening and I'm grateful to have her. And honestly, I one would expect it to be kind of suppressing, uh, suppressive of what I want to say rather than um, being something that encourages me. But um, I honestly, I honestly was a little scared going into it with my mom as well, because it was going to be something that we're going to be, I'm being honest, mama, (laughs) but um, because it was going to be something in which we were discussing controversial topics and I did not want to hold back on anything. But I realized that if my mom really wanted this to be what she claimed she wanted it to be, and by that I mean something where the youth can discuss what's on their minds without judgment, um, then I should speak what's on my mind. And luckily, she she pulled through. She she didn't hold me back at all. So, yeah. If, listen, and that's again for my daughter, for all the people who are listening, if this podcast we said like for the youth, for them to feel like there's a safe platform for them, and then somehow uh, to encourage parents to listen to their children and be open-minded, then I should be the role model for that. Despite of any forms of discussions, if she says something, I myself was like, oh no, it's like, that's her belief. That's what she believes in. Maybe we could discuss it, but that's it. I have to show people like, you have to listen to your children. Our children are growing. They're have like, we have to do our best to leading them to the path that we think is the best for them. And I'm actually like for my daughter and all of them are like my daughter, my daughters. I'm, I'm so proud of like the level of maturity, honestly, in the discussions. And then many times they will be recording and then I will just text them while they're recording. Oh my God, this touches my heart. I have many times I'm, ta- I'm telling them now, like I have myself learned from these discussions. So yeah, it's, this is life. They have to speak their minds. Yeah, if they want to be like strong believers in what they believe in, they have to speak their mind. And then they, we just are part of like to help them navigate and just uh, help them through. I, that's what you want as a child or a kid. You're like, I just want my mom or my dad to understand me and to at least listen to me. Maybe we don't always agree, but if you just listen, I mean, it just creates such a stronger relationship. And it is pretty brave to talk about these topics with your mom on the podcast <laughs> or or even your daughter, maybe. It's actually a discussion we once had, like in one of the topics, is like how to talk to parents. Like what if your parents are not with you on the same page? How to reach out to your parents? It is like, it's a skill. It's like we want parents to uh, be open-minded also children have to be open-minded in the way that they approach parents because like we have different backgrounds they have different backgrounds it's like 
compromise, come to the middle. It's just like if learn how to talk to your parents. I know it's not always easy. I understand that, but it's worth trying. And then that yeah. here's our model here, my daughter and I. And I want you to know, like since she was little, whenever I would discuss something with her, her statement or her sentence always would be, mama, hear me out. Just hear me out. Listen to me. And then we'll see. <laughs> I did want to ask, caught in the middle, the title, where did that come from? What does What is the significance? It took a discussion. Yes. It took a while to come to this. Yes. And even the logo and it, uh, like, I wish maybe each, really each one of you start, like girls. Yeah. Like, Go ahead, girls. And everyone. I honestly don't even remember when we met and like talked about the title. It's so weird. Like it feels like such a long time ago. But for me, it feels like such a fitting title because Caught in the Middle is like we're caught in the middle of all these different, you know, we're, we're, it's like, especially I think as a child of immigrants, like you're stuck in these two worlds, um, like you're your family's culture and and all those values and then also trying to navigate life in America in a you know a whole new country um and as a young person it can become really confusing and you feel like you're constantly like caught in these two worlds um and I think that's kind of like my like how I think about it is like I feel caught in the middle like so I've felt it felt it so much in my life and I think this podcast has like giving given me the outlet to just like let it all out and like talk about these this whole caught in the middle feeling um so for me it's been like a very um empowering and um almost like therapeutic 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 um outlet I'm going to leave my explanation to Sada. That was perfect. And that's exactly how I feel about it. I don't know if Ra'a has something different to say, but that was exactly how I feel about the, about the title. I, I agree with Da and Sada. But um, yeah, it's basically about kind of balancing this dichotomy of how you are holding true to your identity, but also trying to fit in um, so that you could eventually create an impact. Because in order to, ch- to challenge the system, you have to, you know, beat the system. So it's it's kind of something like that and also it was originally stuck in the middle but that was a disney channel show and luckily i was watching it so i knew um, <laughs> and so we changed it and it's caught in the middle so yeah and i think too i mean i would encourage our listenership to check it out regardless of their faith because everything that we've discussed here and it sounds like everything you're discussing even if you haven't had that experience for yourself you can learn something and gain some perspective which I think we could all benefit from a little bit more perspective. So I, I think I, I would definitely encourage other folks listening. Would you agree? Would you say that this is just for anybody who just wants to listen? Absolutely. Yeah, I actually sure. yeah. um, always, my, my kids always come to me and say, you know, my friends asked this, 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 and I say, oh, we discussed this on the podcast and then they listen to it. So a lot of questions from their non-Muslim friends actually are answered because we do this podcast. So it's it's absolutely benefiting other people who are non-Muslim too. Because 
I, I agree with that, what Trula just said. It's like these problems usually are not unique to the Muslim community. It's just like uh, growing up as, te- as a teenager and then sometimes like how to na- navigate life and then what, what you have learned at home and what now school and then the community and being yourself, your identity and so on. It's a normal thing. It's like while people are growing, like it's, it's part of growth, it's part of life. So it just, and then we have here, we're lucky actually here, like we have a variety of different cultures, different backgrounds, different races, just like in a way we are all different and unique and together the same. So it's just like we have, we share this kind of similarity, similarities. We're part of the whole and that what makes us so important that we make this part of the whole exist. It's just like without each one of us, there's no whole, there's no group. Especially with like the political climate and, mm-hmm. you know, Muslims always getting a bad rap and, you know, so many people having so many misconceptions about Muslims. I think if people listen to our podcast, even if they're not Muslim, like it'll Mm. kind of show that sense of like we're humans too. We're struggling with some of the things that you struggle with too. Um, So kind of like, like, I think it's good to listen to different people and, and you kind of have to in, in this day and age and, you know, where we're living and if we want to afford like a better future for everyone, like we need to be listening to different people and humanizing people for, for all of us to move forward. Wonderful. And I guess I just want to ask you all about your plans for the future with this podcast, um, you know, future episodes, how long do you want to keep it going? Um, yeah, anything like that? Um, well, at least personally, I would like to keep it going. in I don't know, indefinitely, I don't ever see it stopping because I feel like the Muslim youth, the problem, the problems are never ending. But that's not discouraging. I think it's it's more of an opportunity for us to grow and to discuss these issues. And as you grow older, I think it would be cool to pass it on to the younger generation so that could truly be used to the youth. And um, I think we all have different goals, but mine personally, I think I, I'm learning a lot from this and I hope that I could truly embody what I'm preaching to other people. So, and I hope people will feel comfortable enough discussing these topics with us and I want more people to reach out to us. So I feel like that would be really cool being as engaging as we advertise ourselves to be. Well, yeah. And like we were talking about, it's it's pretty new. I mean, there's so much room for growth right now. It's absurd. <laughs> like the sky's the limit. Yeah. And do you, um, do you any, have any final thoughts as we wrap up here? Any last words? I think the most important thing is just to start. Even though we haven't made as big of an impact as we have we hope to envision for the future I think what's important is that we actually just started and slowly the ball is going to start moving and hopefully things will will turn out the way exactly we want it to turn out but I think right now we're in such a great place and as you said I think there's the sky's the limit and that is all for this episode of the North County Beat you just heard Sara Kuzi, Dua Abalaba, and Roa Alkwaja, hosts of the Caught in the Middle podcast, and their trusted advisors, Arwa Alkwaja and Rola Abushban. Sara Suleiman is another host of their show. Special thanks to Hafsa Fatima, contributing reporter for the Coast News, who originally wrote this story for the newspaper. You can find that full piece on thecoastnews.com. Huge thanks to our team at The Coast News. Podcast manager is Ryan Wolt. 
Coast News Editor-in-Chief is Jordan Ingram. Our associate publisher is Chris Kidd, and our publisher is Jim Kidd. Thanks to all of you for listening and supporting the North County Beat. I'm your host, Kelly Kyle, and we will talk to you next time.